Welcome to Real Truth For Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve, Senior Pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good Thursday morning. I hope your day is going well. It is still cold here uh, in Texarkana, Texas, and in Tupelo, Mississippi, where we're broadcasting uh, from, where the program is going out. It's still very, very icy, so American Family Radio is running with... uh, with a skeleton crew for the people that could get in today, but it's a joy to be able to be with you live. I wanted to read to you from Psalm 100. Uh, Such a great psalm. It's one of those psalms, only five verses that you can easily memorize if you just set your mind to it. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hey, it is a privilege to serve the Lord. So I want to ask you uh, just a very simple question, but a, a probing question. How are you serving? Are you serving with gladness? Is there gladness of heart? Are you excited to come before the Lord? Are you entering his gates with thanksgiving? You know, when life kicks you to the curb, the Bible does talk about in Psalm 50, he who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. Sometimes things can be so difficult in life that it is, it is hard to thank God. So we offer that up as a sacrifice and we say, uh, Lord, I don't understand why things are happening the way they're happening, but I trust you and I'm going to give you praise because you are worthy. Through him then let us offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Let us continually uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen through him then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. As a church, we are praying for little uh, Brooks Barton. He is the uh, one-month-old son of a couple in our church uh, who are staff members, uh, Ilona and Jackson Barton. They have uh, four kids. He's their fourth child, and he came down with RSV over the over the weekend, and uh, his dad led worship for us on Sunday, and in between practice and, uh, and Sunday school hour, we're getting ready, uh, you know, at, at 1030, that's go time, and he had to take his, his wife and his one-month-old son to the hospital, and, and then rush back, lead worship, and he found out uh, soon after that they were going to have to take his baby to Little Rock, which is uh, two hours away, and it was icing up at that time on Sunday, two hours away because they didn't have the means to help him. His little son has RSV. So he's been on a ventilator since Sunday afternoon, and uh, we're praying for that little guy and, and for his mom and dad, and uh, it's just so, so difficult. So I was thinking about them this morning. I was thinking about giving thanks. You know, maybe maybe there's difficulty in your life and you say, it is hard right now to serve the Lord with gladness. It's hard to come before him with joyful singing because my heart is so heavy. 
And so that's the time you offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That's the time uh, you you give thanks, even if it's through tears, because you know that God is ultimately over it all. And thanksgiving is really faith turned inside out. It's, it's our way of saying, God, I know that you are king. I know that you are sovereign. I know that even in this situation, it didn't come into my life unless it first filtered through your fingers of love. So I'm going to serve you this day, whether it's uh, the Bartons serving the Lord there in a hospital room in at Arkansas Children's Hospital, or whether it's you in as a shut-in serving the Lord. Um, God is still God, and God is good. Uh, know that the Lord himself is God. Jesus is Lord, and the Lord himself is God. He is our creator. It says of Jesus in Colossians chapter 1, chapter 1, for by him all things were made. In John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by him. Jesus is creator God in the flesh. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and we we give him praise and we bless his name because he is worthy 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 now philippians chapter 2 such an important verse of scripture philippians chapter 2 says this it talks about the um the emptying of christ and uh, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. That the, that's the kenosis passage. He emptied himself of all those things that were innately his as God. And uh, he took the form of a bondservant. And he was found in appearance as a man. And... Uh, it didn't regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. And we know about Jesus. He, he humbled himself by becoming a man. Can you think the eternal God, creator God, becomes a man? And then uh, he humbles himself even further to be crucified. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And then it goes on to say this, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I like that uh, word grumbling. In the Greek, it is gaguzmos, G-O-G-G-U-S-M-O-S. Gaguzmos. Now that gaguzmos is a, uh, or it's uh, some pronounce it gonguzmos. It's a, it's a uh, onomatopoeia. That's a that's a word that sounds like its meaning. Some of you may remember the old television show Batman. Uh, Batman with Adam West and Burt Ward, and uh, they always when he would be in a fight, uh, he would punch somebody, and they would show on the screen. Pow, and that would come up on the screen and then uh, throw somebody uh, through a plate glass window or whatever and they'd say crash and then bang and all these. Those are all onomatopoeias. Those are words that sound like their meaning. Well, gonguzmos 
is a word that sounds like it's meaning. It's muttering, it's mumbling, it's grumbling, it's griping, it's complaining. They did that a lot in the Old Testament. Uh, Moses had a bunch of grumblers, gripers, complainers that he led out of Egypt, and they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years, and they were always grumbling about something. Well, we don't have any water to drink, and all we have is this manna, and we loathe this miserable food, and grumble, gripe, and complain. Why did God lead us out into the wilderness so that we would die out here? Was it not better for us as slaves in Egypt? And they talked about going back to Egypt, and uh, the Lord says, hey, they haven't grumbled against you, Moses. They have grumbled against me. And that's a lesson for all of us. We serve the Lord with gladness. You got to be careful in, in your walk with God that you don't become a grumbler, a griper, a complainer. There are certain people that I hear from, and the only time I ever hear from is when they're upset. They're grumbling and griping and complaining. I remember this one guy some years ago. It's like, okay, if I ever got a, an email from him, I knew it was a complaint because he never had an email where he was happy about anything. He was always just complaining. And uh, eventually he left the church. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, you, you could never be happy here. It was always something wasn't right. I didn't do this right. I didn't do that right. I didn't do the other right. Uh, nobody likes that. And listen, as the, as the leader, leaders don't like it when a bunch of people are grumbling and griping and complaining about things. And, uh, you know, are things perfect all the time? Of course not. They're not perfect in my life. They're not perfect in your life. Um, they weren't perfect for Moses. They weren't perfect for Paul, uh, Jesus Christ, with his uh, disciples. They obviously weren't perfect for him, Um and he's the God who created it all. So life is filled with difficulties. And uh, we live in a fallen world and you're going to face difficulties and I'm going to face difficulties. And sometimes they're severe as the Bartons are going through right now. But uh, they have a church that's praying for them and people that care for them. And we're lifting them up and we're asking God to bring healing to their little son, Brooks. And we know that God can do that. So we serve him with gladness because the Lord is God. And he is above all things. And we're not going to grumble. We're not going to gripe. We're not going to complain. Now, if you want to know how you're doing in serving the Lord, if you're really serving the Lord with gladness, I, I, I really think this is true. Lots of people don't realize how much they grumble and gripe and complain. And they need to have a trusted friend. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You need to have a trusted friend and you can ask him that question. Hey, am I, am I a negative person? Am I grumbling and griping and complaining a lot? Is that what you hear come out of my mouth? Do I, do I always see the glass half empty? Am I a person who is pessimistic or a person who is optimistic? Uh, when I sign books, I'll always uh, typically use the scripture, Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13 is such a powerful verse of scripture. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is the God of hope. In any situation, he's the God of hope. 
He's the God who can part the Red Sea, who can bring water from the rock, who can rain down manna on the children of Israel. They would have starved to death out there in the wilderness had God not done that. He is the God who provides for us. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. And he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. And he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord, ever present. And he is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. All these different names of God. He gave us those names so that we could see he is the God who can provide for all our needs. And in in any and every circumstance in life, we can trust him. So we go back full circle. Psalm 100, serve the Lord with gladness. What a privilege you have. What a privilege I have today. Because all we have is today. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may not come. All we have is today to serve the Lord, and we can serve him with gladness. I had a seminary professor, Wayne McDill, uh, who's not in good health. Uh, I would love to have him on the program. He was the one that really helped me in my preaching so much at seminary. But uh, he was a no-nonsense kind of guy, and he would say to his kids, he had four kids, four or five kids, and he would say when they'd come downstairs and they're in a bad mood, he'd be like, well, you can just walk yourself back upstairs and you can come downstairs here with a better attitude because we're not putting up with a bad attitude here. Uh, you can choose your attitude like you choose your, your clothes that you're going to wear for the morning. And so he would just direct his kids that, hey, we're not putting up with that. We're going to face this day with gladness because God is on his throne, the God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. And just know that the difficulties in life that you face, that I face, that we face, God uses those. He works all things together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. Psalm 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness, his hesed, his loyal love, his covenant love is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. And we know from Jeremiah, his mercies are new every morning and great is his faithful faithfulness. Well, you're listening to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to be talking to Roxy Lamorgis, and she is the executive director of Preborn, and she manages a team of 75 passionate pro life individuals. And American Family Radio is pleased to partner with Preborn, and we're going to learn from her. And then we have O.S. Hawkins that's going to talk to us about his recent trip to Israel. Don't go away. This is Real Truth For Today. Podcasts of the program are available on the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to Pastor Jeff Shreve. Welcome back to the program. Pastor Jeff here. wanted to read to you from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. The Lord says to Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. It is a great uh, pleasure and a joy for American Family Radio, American Family Association to partner with Preborn. Preborn is a ministry to um, pregnant uh, ladies that uh, are contemplating an abortion. I read on their website that uh, 
somewhere about uh, around 25% of um, pregnancies end in abortion, and that's just uh, it's just horrific. And so uh, preborn <coughs> is the direct competition to the abortion industry and the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the United States. By letting a woman see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, a baby's chance at life is doubled. And st- since 2007, Preborn has partnered with pregnancy clinics in the highest abortion cities and regions across the nation, providing life-saving ultrasounds. These clinics provide mothers who choose life with maternity and baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, and much more. All of these services are provided free of charge up to two years of assistance. And so when a mother can can know that there is an organization out there, there's a ministry out there that can really help her and uh, help her to choose life. It makes all the difference in the world. Over the past 17 years, preborn partner clinics have counseled over a half a million women considering abortion, and more than 280,000 babies' lives have been saved, and more than 80,000 women have surrendered their lives to Christ. How cool is that? Well, we have the executive director of Preborn with us today on the program, uh, Roxy Lamergies. Uh, Roxy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for having us. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Did I pronounce your your last name correctly? You did. Thank you. Yeah. I, I wanted to put an S in there or a Z, but they said don't do that. So you have been the executive director of Preborn for how long, Roxy? Almost four years at this moment, yes. But I've been with the ministry for eight years. Okay, so how did your journey come about to bring you to this place? It's genuinely a straight call. It was a very straight call from the father. I served at, I was working as an ER nurse, um, and I, I was in a moment of prayer and fasting that the Lord broke my heart over the issue of abortion, making it very clear that this was something near and dear to his heart, that even experientially when I resigned from my job on my last moment in that ER, I was called into a restroom and I got the privilege of caring for mom who was miscarrying, who legitimately was holding a baby, a miscarried baby in her hand about 11, 12 weeks. And it was not a blob of tissue. And I saw a fully formed, though tiny as it was, translucent human being in my hand. And I knew then I cannot look back. My heart was broken over the very issue of abortion, because our Father in heaven, he's, like you read in Scripture, every life, every life um, that is um, surrendered um, and slaughtered because of abortion breaks our Father's heart. And mm. I'm here simply because of that, because this matters to God's heart. Amen, for sure. Well, on the website, I was shocked at the percentage, and we, we hear numbers, but uh, it says nearly 25% of all American pregnancies end in abortion. That's over 800,000 per year. Not only does abortion end the life of a child, but it also has a lifelong traumatic effect on the mother. Access to abortion doesn't save lives, it takes lives. So with preborn, uh, Roxy, you, you, we're, not, we're not just saving the life of the baby, but we're ministering to that that uh, woman in crisis pregnancy. And so talk about uh, how both of those are so important. 
Yeah, so for every ultrasound that you underwrite, $28 for every skin, $140 um, for five skins. It's not only an opportunity for a woman to see the baby for the first time and hear the baby's heartbeat. That's very important, but also opens up an avenue for us to share the truth about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I used to be a nurse serving in California, and I remember this one lady who went there because she wanted a career. She faced an unplanned pregnancy. She was so hardened. She knew when she walked into that, she said, I don't want to talk anything. I just want an abortion, okay? Like, I've made up my mind. I can't have this baby. It's not the perfect timing and all, you know, all, all these things. And I, all I could ask for was, would you at least give me a moment to provide an ultrasound so, you know, we could make sure that the baby's in your uterus and all these things for your safety? And she said, okay, let's do that. I put the probe on the mom's abdomen we have this big large tv screen facing her and when and she laid a very specific way she had her arm on the back of her head we did a scan and the baby was bigger she was farther along than she thought which is one of the things that you will witness when when you actually perform a scan and the baby was playing the exact same way she was at that moment the very hardened heart of that mom you saw tears fall down her eyes and she (laughs) said wow that's my baby. It's acting like me. I can't have an abortion. What do I do? Which gave me an opportunity to actually walk her through a plan of care. And her heart was softened that I got the privilege of sharing the truth about Jesus leading her into not only a decision for life for her baby, which she did choose life, but also life for her eternally because she chose Christ for herself. That's the power of these ultrasounds that you can be a part of. $28 for skin, $140 um, for five scans a month gives us an opportunity to make these moments happen across the country. And if you're listening, visit AFR.net freeborn.com you can call wherever you are pound 250 and keyword baby and help make these opportunities happen across the country even today okay so roxy the um the ultrasound machines they're in a truck or how does this work yeah, so uh, we place ultrasound machines in clinics, brand new ultrasound machines. They actually last multiple years and are estimated to provide more than um, 2,500 scans per machine in its lifetime. That's a lot of opportunities to minister truth about life and the gospel. We place brand new ultrasound machines across the nation or like you said, if it's a mobile unit, which there are mobile units, we place um, ultrasound, portable ultrasound machines and mobile units across the nation. It's $15,000 per machine and have an opportunity to actually perform at least, at least 2,500 scans in its lifetime. That's a lot of opportunities to save a life because when a mom sees a baby and hears the heartbeat for a first time, she has an opportunity, it doubles her chance of actually choosing life. Amen. Well, you have 75 people that work underneath you, and they're passionate about uh, the Lord, about pro-life causes, and about uh, saving lives. So how do you guys go about your, your daily activities? What, what does a day look like in the, in the uh, workings of preborn? Yes, sir. Thank you. That's one of my most favorite questions. It first starts with the most important thing. We pray together. 
we pray together and um, we glorify the Lord together because we cannot do the work of the ministry without power. Preborn's core scripture is Romans 1.16. We are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God unto salvation. And so first things first, to love the Lord as ministers of the gospel and to draw our strength um, and an offering to him every morning. And then we are, um, we have different arms of the ministry that works well together like a body and um, we just do it all with joy and gladness. We serve clinics across the nation, everything that Preborn does through its network care providers as well as all the women are offered just like the gospel, completely free, uh, too good to be true kind of news. But everything <laughs> that Preborn does through your support because of your generosity is all free across the nation. And we continue to invite you to join that battle and help us underwrite more than hopefully 4,500 scans across the nation by visiting AFR.net, Preborn.com. Um, and again, you can call in pound 250 and keyword baby and i just want to share that because of your generosity and partnership last year we saw more than 59,000 babies saved from abortion and witnessed more than 9,000 commitments to christ and we can continue to make that happen well now uh when we talk about uh helping the helping the uh the mom uh, it's not just a one-time thing because it's providing for them even up to two years afterward. Talk about that a little bit, Roxy, because I think there are probably some women saying, well, yeah, but I, how can I do this? Um, you know, I think there are yeah. some women that just feel like I'm, I'm, at, a, I'm at an impasse. I can't, I can't take this baby. So uh, explain how Preborn helps them with that. Most of it. We actually have extended services. So after a woman chooses life, there's services. We can connect her to local community resources. Most clinic, all clinics actually have OB-GYN referral system. They have church partnerships. We actually provide uh, strollers, baby wipes, diapers, some maternity clothes, other things, a crib, almost anything that you could think of when a woman needs, uh, when a woman chooses life and needs assistance we even extend uh, you know limited financial assistance some of our network care providers have actually implemented like parenting classes you have trade schools for male it is a widely organized robust system that actually enables a woman that not only chooses life to be cared for after that decision but also for women that choose uh, Christ through the gospel to be discipled through the local church and other supportive programs amen now of the 75 uh that uh, work with you and and help counsel uh are any of those women um a product of of hey i had an abortion and then i came to my senses i found found the lord and i'm yes. here to help you yeah yes. so, i think that's that that's the beauty of the gospel that we preach to this woman it's the beauty of god's redemptive work amen amen you know i i think that uh for a woman that has had an abortion um you know, the, the devil would really like to come in with guilt and just heap guilt upon that, that poor lady's uh, heart. But uh, there is, 
uh, total forgiveness in the Lord and to see a, a woman come full circle like that and receive Christ and then and then go on to share with other women how they don't want to make that same mistake because they're, you know, this idea, Roxy, that, uh, oh, it's just a lump of tissue and once you get this over, it's a minor procedure and then you're just going to be free. Uh, explain why that's not the truth. It's not. To the very uh, basic principle, the, uh, what we're talking about, let's say, for example, this ultrasound that we're trying to encourage everybody to really give as a present to a woman, it shows there very clearly that it is life. That heartbeat, that heartbeat is a irrefutable argument that there is life growing inside that woman's womb. When you perform ultrasound, it's actually quite simple as an operator to allow the mom to hear her heartbeat and then in the next stroke actually hear, allow her to hear her baby's heartbeat, which is faster, different um, than hers, that it makes it easier for us to paint this beauty. This is not just a clump of cell. Most ultrasounds actually show the frame of this baby, and these babies are so beautiful in the skin. One uh, supporter of the ministry once told me, like, Roxy, I love providing these ultrasounds because these, the ultrasound is like the window to heaven. And, you know, the, wow. the, this is why we encourage everybody to help us, um, help a woman, actually, it's you directly caring for her by helping provide these ultrasound scans. It's $28 per scan, which you can do monthly or one time, or if you can do $140, underwrites five ultrasound scans for a woman that is walking into this crisis. And we talked about, like, the extended support care. You know, you can help us. Um, if you have the needs, the Lord stirs you, have provided, you want to invest in the kingdom, you want to do something um, that's going to make a difference long term, we are doing a day for life, $5,000 that helps us help women across the nation to actually uh, be supported through her pregnancy and through her care with the ultrasound, with gospel, um, and with extended services. And just as we talked about, 15000 could help provide a brand new ultrasound machine in clinics across the country. Amen. What an opportunity. So your gift of $28 provides one woman seeking an abortion, a free ultrasound, giving that mom the opportunity to choose life for her baby. 140 provides five free ultrasound sessions, reaching five women with the message of life. And then, uh, you know, as you said, so it's, it's 15,000. If somebody says, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to purchase one of these machines, uh, to save, uh, countless lives. And so, uh, you can call 877-616-2396, 877-616-2396, or you can donate online at AFR.net. Uh, Roxy, what do you see uh, for yourself? You've been doing this for three years, and uh, do you see this as a, a long-term ministry for you? I believe so. Um, God's very clear about His heart for the unborn. More importantly... God's heart is for the gospel, which is my greatest passion, and I'm willing to give my life as a liquid offering to that call. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, and I appreciate you coming on the program, and thank you for your work, and thank you for your team, and everybody at Preborn. Uh, there, there is nothing more important, uh, especially as we talk about a political uh, year and, uh, you know, uh, 
campaign season and all that, there's nothing, no one issue more important than abortion because abortion stops a beating heart and ends a life and destroys a, a woman's life uh, moving forward. So we're glad to be able to partner with Preborn. So Roxy, thank you for coming on today. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. When we come back from the break, we're going to be talking to O.S. Hawkins. He is back from his trip to Israel. He's going to give us an update on what is going on in Israel. Don't go away. According to a recent report, Planned Parenthood continues to rake in billions despite dwindling clients. The biggest takeaway here is that Planned Parenthood is generating vast profits, including millions in taxpayer funding. And preborn, that's you and me, are stealing their clientele, meaning the babies they're trying to kill. Preborn operates on a very slim budget as they rescue over 200 babies' lives every single day and they receive no government funding. Preborn's network of clinics are situated in the darkest corners, competing head-to-head with the abortion giants, and they need our help now more than ever. When you donate $28 to Preborn, you will offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mother caught in crisis. Once she hears that heartbeat and sees that precious life, her baby's chances at life doubles. So please sponsor A Precious Baby's Life. Your tax-deductible gift will go directly towards saving babies' lives. So be generous. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. If you'd like to contact Pastor Jeff, email pastorjeff at fromhisheart.org. Now, back to Real Truth for Today with Pastor Jeff Shreve. Psalm 122, verse 6, tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As you well know, on October 7th, Israel was brutally and satanically attacked by Hamas in, uh, in the southern region there on the border of Gaza and Israel. And the things that they did were just so unspeakably evil. Well, God tells us that Israel, Zechariah 2, 8, Israel is the apple of, a, of his eye. Who, for whoever touches you touches the apple of God's eye. And our next guest, Dr. O.S. Hawkins, author and pastor, uh, just returned from a trip, recent trip to Israel. And so, uh, Dr. Hawkins, welcome to the program. Thank you, Jeff. It's great, great being with you. In fact, I'm still a little jet lagged, so I hope I can <laughs> lucidly share with you. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, tell us what you saw when you went to Israel. I saw Jeff scenes that this, you know. I, my first trip to Israel was 50 years ago, 1974, and virtually been there every year since, except the COVID year. Last year, I was there four times. I have so many friends there, so much uh, so much of Susie's in my life have been invested uh, in the in Israel. And uh, I October seventh has changed everything. You know, we last week we <clears throat> went down with the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces on the border of Gaza to Starot, the city that's seen so much of the barrage and uh, to Kafar Oz. Uh, down all the way to 
Kibbutz Bari, which had probably the most people killed and captured in that one kibbutz. It was only one mile from the from the Gazan fence. And uh, what people don't realize, Jeff, is that these people that were massacred down there were were left-wingers in Israeli society. In fact, the, the young man that lives in Bari that took us through and explained a lot to us openly admitted that, that he was an atheist. They're not religious Jews on the whole part. They're the left. They're the ones who actually, when people had cancer in Gaza, they're the ones that would drive them all the way to the Asa Hospital in Jerusalem for cancer treatments every day, bring them back to the Gaza Gate. One woman, actually, Jeff, who I heard the story of one woman for six months, a, a couple in Bari had uh had driven her up to Jerusalem to the hospital for cancer treatments every day. And she she finished her treatments, was cured, and two months later she strapped a, a bomb belt on herself and went in went through this checkpoint and blew up trying to blow up Israeli soldiers. Oh, our minds can't get around the brutality that's there. In Bari, for example, there they many of them had people from Gaza that worked in their yards and cleaned their houses and things that would that could come over every day. They're the ones who actually went back and mapped out every home in that kibbutz. They knew who, who was in the home, what, how many children were in the home, who left and went back to Jerusalem or Tel Aviv on Shabbat for Friday and Saturday, and who would be there on that Saturday morning when they attacked. And some of the stories that that I heard from some of the survivors of couples who were held at gunpoint to their head while their little children and toddlers were placed in their ovens and in their kitchens and turned up and basically burned to death. And then, and then, then they had their heads blown off. I mean, they were, they were people at the, at the music festival that you first heard about where so many of the girls were raped and ravaged and taken kidnapped. The first thing they did was cut their Achilles heels so that they uh, couldn't run, actually couldn't even stand up, right. and that's how they they raped raped them ten or twelve of them, and then mm. they they decapitated a lot of heads. I just read this morning, just now, of a of a, a head that was in a freezer in Gaza City, and the person was trying to sell it for several thousand dollars. I mean, the brutality, the yes. savagery of this is unimaginable. But I'll tell you one thing: it's done. I've never seen Israelis more united. In fact, there basically isn't a left wing in Israel anymore, and these folks are united. They're committed, and uh, it, it's uh, they're going to finish the job. That's for sure. Are they um, are they frustrated with Netanyahu? Are they blaming him for like how did this how did this happen? How how were okay. they able to come in? Great question because. Uh, for, for your viewers and listeners who may not know, Netanyahu is a member of, he's been the leader of the Likud Party, which would be like our Republican Party, the more conservative party, for many, many years. Been one of the most popular for so long, was one of the most popular prime ministers. But yes, they, they, uh, Netanyahu is finished as soon as the war is, until this war is over. They're going to stay together in that unity cabinet, but I'm afraid this is going to be his legacy. It's unthinkable that the brilliance of of Mossad and the IDF and Shin Bet and all these secret service agencies that Israel prides itself on, it's, 
it's just unbelievable that this could have happened. And uh, that's going to be for another day, but they're certainly going to look into that. And from what I hear from some of his biggest supporters, this will be Netanyahu's, sadly, his legacy. And he, he'll be finished as soon as this coalition is over and the war is over. I, mm. I feel certain. Mm. How, uh, Joe, OS, how, you, you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just. After you. Uh, I was just going to say, how, how is how does life continue? They normally wars don't last long in Israel, and this has lasted a good while. Um, how do how do people go about their everyday life? Well, you know, so many reservists. You know, for those of your listeners who may not know, everybody in Israel when they're eighteen, they go into the army. Men, women, young men, young women, and then they're in the army. Well, up into their forties in the reserve unit, where they go one month a year in the reserve. So they're, the call up for the first two months, two through through the first three months actually of this war since October seventh. So many of the reserves have been in. This means business people and bankers and other people who have jobs. Now they're 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 they've moved to a new phase of the war. Those people are coming back to their jobs and working. I can tell you that Jerusalem. I've never seen Jerusalem more united uh, as it is. Uh, there, there's obviously no tourism over there now. It's sort of like uh, it's quiet, and uh, but uh, life just continues to go on. You know, these are people who who've been through war after war after war after war since 1948. None of which, none of those wars in which they initiated, uh, they were attacked at the beginning of every one of them, and uh, yet they're so resilient, and it's just a way of life for them. What's going on, OS, in the north with Hezbollah? Have there been a, well, have there been uh, skirmishes there? I have a my closest friend is a man named Zali Jaffe, who uh, is a lawyer, international lawyer there in Jerusalem. I met him through Doctor Crystal forty years ago. Zali's son Daniel is the commander of one of the big commando units up in the north right now, and uh, I so far I don't think anything. They don't seem to think that anything major is going to break out in the north uh you know they're they're pleasantly shocked and surprised initially after october 7th that we that the americans that uh, biden sent in those uh, aircraft carriers and those ships into the to to neutralize uh, things in the north uh i'm just hoping we stay firmly Im- embedded in in uh and our helpful and hopeful defense of the state. You know, you mentioned something at the beginning of our conversation here from Zechariah 2.8, that he who touches Israel touches the apple uh, of God's eyes. And, you know, Psalm 121 says, he who watches over Israel never slumbers nor sleeps. So there's a real sense in which this is a cosmic conflict and one of the reasons I went, I've just known so many people over there. I wanted to have a ministry of presence. They never forget it when you show up in in, in their time of need. And so Isaiah 62, verse 1 says, For Zion's sake, we cannot keep silent. For the sake of Jerusalem, uh, we cannot be quiet. And so it's just a, it's a, there's not a lot of people. You know, we see the Hague. We see all this thing. We see prophecy being fulfilled before us all nations matthew said the book of matthew says will come against israel to battle uh with the exception of america and a few other nations 
uh, it's shocking to see the anti-Semitism and all that's taking place there. But, you know, God, Jeff, as you well know, has given so many promises to Israel. You know, the promise he gave to, to uh, Abraham and repeated to Isaac, his son, and Jacob, his son, that he was giving them this land as an everlasting possession. Uh, and, you know, he warned them in Deuteronomy that that uh, they, if they turned to other idols, they'd be few in number. They'd be cast out among the nations. We saw that happen. Ezekiel 36 says he's going to come a time when he'll gather them from all the nations. And we're, we've seen that happen today as, as all the aliyah that's taken place and people have come back. And, uh, of course, Isaiah says they'll come back from the four corners of the earth. Everything God has prophesied about Israel has come to pass. And the way I feel about it, Jeff, is this. If God breaks his covenant to Israel, uh, how can we be confident he wouldn't break his covenant to us? He is a covenant-keeping God, and Israel is the apple of his eye. And as you said at the beginning, our job now— in Psalm 122, is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And we know there'll never be peace there until the coming of the Prince of Peace. So when we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, I believe we're praying for the coming of Messiah to return again. Then the only question, Jeff, left for our Jewish friends is that one. Uh, Is this your first or second trip to Jerusalem? Yeah. (laughs) Um, OS, do you see the the hearts of the people softening at all toward the gospel um, with all this taking place? I mean, they they, this is their 9-11 times a a huge factor. Um, How has that how has that altered them? Yeah. uh, Well, from the from the Jewish perspective, I went to the great synagogue uh, on Shabbat. And uh, I saw a collective group of Jews, uh, Hasidic Jews, conservative Jews, from every walk of life. They're together filling that, filling that synagogue. On the other side of the coin, in our Messianic friends, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, there's, a, there's a move of, uh, the, of the Spirit of God among people turning uh, to Messiah over there, for sure. And many of those Messianic congregations are thriving right now. What's the tension like between uh, the the Arabs and the Jews over there, like at Temple Mount and things like that? I, I was there yeah, some yeah. years ago. Uh, I mean, right. you could feel the tension well, going on the Temple yeah, Mount. Did well, you? It, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. For exa- yes, for sure. It's 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 atmospheric, but this is different now, Jeff. October seventh changed everything. Most of those, uh, most of the. You have 1.8 million Palestinians who live in Israel who is Israeli citizens, and if they get by, they get you off the side. They'll tell you they have a much better life than they would ever have in any of these Arab countries. You know, Egypt has built a fence with that's probably 30 foot high with razor four walls of razor wire, but nobody, none of the Arab nations will take any of these Gazan Palestinians. That that speaks volumes right there. And uh, in, in, in the West Bank, which is biblical Judea and Samaria, which is controlled by the Palestinian Authority now, that includes Jericho and Bethlehem and Hebron and Nablus and those other towns, uh, now they've always been able to come across the checkpoints and to work in Jerusalem. I think that's come to a screeching halt. 
And life in the West Bank is going to be very difficult because they're not going to be able to come into Israel to work anymore. Yeah. It's just well, like down there in Gaza. Those people that were friends, they thought they were their friends, and yeah. they were paying them to clean their homes and everything. They were in there doing surveillance work of every home. You know, you could go to that kibbutz there, uh, Bari, and there would be burned out home, burned out home, burned out home, and the next one wouldn't be touched. Because they knew there was nobody in that home. They'd gone. They had all this intelligence. It was just unbelievable that it could take place. Yeah, it's just horrific. Well, how how long do but you yes, think this... There, there is definitely tension. How, how long do you think this is going to last? I don't think anybody knows. I think, I think the Gaza War is going to come into a, uh, a new phase now that will, will be slower than than what we've seen the last three months there. The last three months, it's 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 devastated Gaza. I mean, it, it would take 10 years to clean the debris of those of those buildings. And you know what they found, Jeff? In every hospital, you know, I, I, as a Baptist, that ho- the, the hospital in Gaza that you heard so much about was our was our originally our Baptist hospital in Gaza City. I was there back in the in the 70s and 80s where we had a hospital there and a Baptist bookstore there and a vibrant ministry in that city. But every hospital, every mosque, every school, they found caches of weapons. This is where they they kept their rockets, they kept their weapons, they kept their control centers in these uh, places where they used women and children and and, uh, civilians as their shields. And uh, so that's that's what's made the Gaza War so difficult. Well, OS, we're, we're out of time, but thank you so much for coming on today to, to give us an update on Israel. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Continue to pray for them. Thanks for listening to Real Truth for today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'll be with you again tomorrow. Go out, shine for Christ, and share what great things he's done for you, and God will use you as his witness. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.